I am unashamed. What about you? I'm telling you, every time I leave Louisiana and go to Texas, it's like I'm entering the bizarro world. <laughs> Jace's Texas Adventures. Well, I've never lived in a huge, what do you call them? Like suburban, Metro, metropolitan, metropolitan subdivision. Area. No, I oh, lit, it's way bigger than subdivision no, now. He's filled. in a city. The subdivision is the city. It's it's well, a, it's a city of subdivisions and much much this more. This is I'll, coming from the, the New York City and the California. The people that have migrated well, to Texas, taxes. Yep. This area is what's fueling the numbers. Well, this is a big high tech area. I mean, there are all these high-tech yeah. companies, because I noticed it just from the stock market, these companies that I thought they were, who knows. Well, Dell they, Computers, they're, they're based there. What so I can't understand is why, if you're being forced because of legitimate reasons, financial reasons, and high taxes and, and uh, lockdowns and all this stuff, so you say, well, I'm over here on point A, and it happens to be a blue governor and a and a blue mayor and a, let's get rid of the police and all this and all the things that's happening inside inner cities so they flee to texas what i can't figure out is why if you left the results of your ideology why would you bring that crap to texas and make it <laughs> twice the hell hole you just left because it's big cities why, why, why wouldn't you denounce some have repented lately and said, I, I was part of the movement. You know, you've seen on TV. I'm like, yeah. Well, I've hit a nerve there, Phil. They Early. Say, but now I'm turning my life over to Jesus because I never yeah. even heard of Jesus until I, I ran up on you. I think we have a disconnect well, with the results and the ideology is, would be my short answer to, well, let me to give your you a, query. Why well, bring that crap all the way down to the great state of Texas? Uh, and make that a hell they hole like have, you just left. They should have to check it at the state line. Yeah, I, I had a couple funny instances happen. One, so because everybody knows my wife in the neighborhood now because she's there more than I am. So these people that I'm around, they didn't watch Duck Dynasty. <laughs> I can just tell when they see me, you know, they, they clutch their children. Just they you speed and me, the bikes they up. They didn't miss a whole lot. Well, no, I'm not saying like they missed something. I'm, so, so I'll give you for instance. So I look down, because they're building houses everywhere. It's just, I mean. It's the, fa- it's yeah, the yeah, fastest yeah. growing area in the nation for, like, years now, yeah. that, the, where you're at. So I'm living at, because I wanted to live by Jeff. The problem is, these houses are selling. It's like when we were trying to find a house, it, it's like within an hour, there'd be two of them gone. Just looking at, upsold. <laughs> so I got a house that's by this. Uh, reserve and I don't think anybody wanted it because they were scared of the woods but I was like when I saw that because they can't build any houses and the, next and to the wildlife that it produces oh there's wildlife I mean it's it's sad because we're in the middle of town so and I, on, on average there's 30 deer that walk through my yard on a, on a given day overfed t- tame deer are in your yard yeah, and they're little bitty down there. Because and all of these that people are past the phase of taking one out and skinning the thing and eating it because that that's that's not trauma. That would co- well, I cause that trauma in my neighborhood here. <laughs> I mean, I'm skinning a deer in my yard, and we had some people not from here 
saw me doing it and you know the woman she just she turned just white and was nauseous speaking you know, of white went I, to the pole there was there was a young lady and uh, she's parked at my gate a lot of strange people park at my gate but I, I i pull up there and i'm just looking at I her i wonder why i didn't say anything and i said i don't know whether she's down here up to no good what what why would she be sitting there i, I nodded at her i said what you got she said is there a residence behind this gate i said yeah my residence and my neighbors right beside me phil robertson k robertson phil riley his wife I said, two households down there. So, so what's your next question? She said, uh, so I'm going to put you down. If it's okay with you, can I put down here your white? And I'm like, <laughs> well, whatever you think. I said, uh, I, I didn't notice your color, and I don't care. I said, I'm a human being, and, and so are you. She said, agreed. Agreed. We're both human beings. Well, well, but can I put down here that you're actually white? I said, I don't know how to answer that. I, I said, you know, when I came out of my mother's womb, I, I didn't have anything to do with it. I said, but I don't know why was that would a, be an issue with was you. Was it a census or something? Yes. I said, who, who are you? And she said, I work for the census. We I just said, met well, her out in the yard. A bit I said, usually if you got a locked gate with, with you know, to go in and there's a video surveillance going on there. You, you would think strangest. somebody lives back there. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know whether Antifa Center down there <laughs> scouting out the joint or what. Well, look. I was, I was ready for anything that she wanted to produce. Well, look. So including I, firearms. I, I had a similar. So I look. Well, you're a the, census taker's nightmares. <laughs> I mean, guys. is it okay for me to write down that you're white? I'm like, do what? Yeah, I, I said, I, I well, whatever you think, girl, just looking at me, what do <laughs> you think? I told her you identified as a Native American or something like that. So, Well, what if I'd have had a black mama and a, and a white dad? <laughs> I would have been in a bind because I'm like, well, it's a good question. I'm half black and half white. The white part of me has uh, privilege, white privilege, but the black part of me being persecuted. But I came from uh, a mixed-race people. I, I, I'm in a bind here. Well, if you look That's at the true. trees, I never thought about well, that. Well, if you look at the trees anyway, there's like on these, whatever these websites are that give you roots. By the time you get it all out, you're like 19 parts of whatever, you know, 1%. That's, why, that's how the woman got in trouble saying she was yeah. part Cherokee Indian. <laughs> right. She you was know, one. She just found. She was one 1,064th. Indian. And you know, as a, Act 17, <laughs> it, 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 it does simplify the whole thing from one man. God made every nation of men. Love it. He determined the time set for him. I just thought it was interesting that this census taker is probably thinking, that, who is that crazy man? Because you started in on a sermon about one race, and all she said was... I quoted I? Act 17 to her. I said, I said remember well, Act good. 17? I mean, that's good. That's good. I said, I said, you know, biblically speaking, if you're wondering about what color you want to put me down as, I said, I figured just a visual probably do it. But in this case, you want my permission. She said, that's what I need, your permission for me to say you are white. But what what are we living in? What what what's going on? Why couldn't on you just check culture? that box? Because it's pretty for much... the life of me, I, I, I just don't quite understand. No wonder everybody's so uptight. Oh. I had somebody pull up my yard saying, "Do I have your permission to <laughs> to say you're white?" I think I'd have just said no. 
Well, no, but no, if what, I've what got, does it matter? You know, I came from Scotland, so far as I know. But I why have, do they need to know that? What, well, what's, that's what I'm saying. And I who's see, paying for that? I'm thinking. Oh, I'm we're thinking, paying for that. I'm just that's thinking Hoodlum Center. Yeah. I said Hoodlum sent her no, girl down there. And she's asking us. Well, think we so. just saw her. So Jason well, actually told her, don't go well, further she, down the road. Yeah, this was in she a was weird. She was about to go into a bad In a weird turn of events, she was like, I'm looking for this address. And she was pointing in that direction. I was like, a flood hit. Those houses have been flooded. But people live there. There's squatters there. I said, if I were you, I would not go down there by myself or without a weapon. That's what he told And she was like, well, that's good to know. I was thinking, he said, you can get no, these- that's not good to know. That will save your life. <laughs> Jay said, you can hit these two right down here, but I, I wouldn't go any further because yeah. you, you got problems. It's kind of weird. Well, I was going to tell this story. So I looked down at the end of my cul-de-sac where the little nature preserve is. And all the it's windy in Texas. So all of the house builders' debris, mainly water bottles and sacks, and it's all just everywhere, it's just trash. So I thought, you know... I'll make a good impression, and I'll just, it's just the right thing to do. I went and got a garbage bag and and filled it up with trash. But when I got over, there's a neighbor across the street. When I got over there, close to there, y'all pretty much on the line. I'm down there digging in the weeds, getting, getting trash. Well, I look up, and here's a woman. I can tell just from looking that she's a yuppie and probably leaning left. She had two dogs, just the way the dogs were manicured. And there was a look of horror on her face. And I thought, this is weird, because this is my neighbor, and this is the first impression. <laughs> and you're not making a good one. So I said, how you doing? <clears throat> Nothing. And I thought, she thinks I'm one of these workers who's in trouble with the law. <laughs> right. What do you call those? You know how you see the prisoners working on the side of the road? <laughs> or at best, right out of the rehab. <laughs> That's what she thought. So I thought, facial profiling, here we go again. <laughs> so did she just yeah. walk? Kept, she she just... had her dogs, and they were growling. And I thought, now what am I going to do if she turns these two dogs loose? Because <laughs> I was thinking, she's terrified because I I I'm right on her line. But I'm picking up trash. Yeah. I thought she'd say, great job, you know. I'm your neighbor. I met your wife. Nope. Nothing. And Austin, so I, Austin, Texas, where rednecks meets left wing. <laughs> and hipsters. That's yeah. what I told Jeff. I thought it was an interesting story, you know. So then I came in. I said, well, I sort of met the neighbor. I told Missy. And she was like, oh, good grief. I'm, I'm going to have to line that out. I was like, well, babe, what was I supposed to do? Nothing I was going to say was going to work. Yeah. Because the opinion's been formed, which is what I'm saying is the problem in the in the culture. That's right. She's like, what is this guy doing in my yard? <laughs> or he, he seems to be picking up trash. <laughs> He's up to no good. And it was, so just, I got nothing. <laughs> well, at least I could understand that more than Dad thinking the census taker was Antifa. <laughs> I mean, that, an Antifa spy. Yeah. <laughs> Always be ready. <laughs> So the, the highlight, the highlight was Missy's parents met us down there, and so we spent you know a few days there. They checked out the house and all, and so we watched the LSU game. Did you watch the LSU game? Oh yeah, and <laughs> much look, better result. <laughs> I had an interesting thing happen. So the LSU game comes on, and I'm like, "What happened to the SEC network?" It was the most shoddy, 
you know, there's like a commercial break in progress. They didn't even have commercials. And I thought, well, maybe they realize nobody's watching this. And then the cameras are, you know, all over the place. And then the two announcers, this is the beginning of, you know, welcome to, we have a matchup, you know, the Vanderbilt Commodores. Listen to this line. Taking on one of the best teams in college football last year. I said, pause. (laughs) Now, this is your intro. We went 15-0, one of the greatest college teams ever. And you're commentating the game, and your opening line is one of the best teams from football last year? No, there was was us and there was everybody else last year. So I made a decision. Mute. I, I, I muted it. Yep. And so we watched the which game. Which is really the best way to watch it to me. Which is then why I noticed all the, the terror. Yeah, you know, maybe it's coronavirus. It's somebody, they can't get good help. I don't, I don't know what happened. <laughs> so what happened was we're watching the game. Well, about a quarter in, you know, we hear the ukulele crank up because Mia, she plays the ukulele. <laughs> she didn't know we were listening. She isn't singing in her room. All these songs were u- ukulele. I, they were spectacular. It was, and so we're watching the game and listening, <laughs> and listening to the u- u- ukulele. Well, after one song, uh, Missy's mom and Missy, they just couldn't help. They started clapping. <laughs> so then Missy, I mean, Amia came out and was like, that was not for, I wasn't doing that for y'all. What are y'all, y'all are weird. What are you watching the game? With, you know, I was trying to explain while we're watching the game. If your neighbor like, had was, seen that, <laughs> y'all would have bonded instantly. That's so, right. That would have so been. look what happened. So then Mia just said, well, I don't mind playing for y'all because y'all need some help. So she sat there and played song after song while we, while we, now it was a live performance. <laughs> And the game, like right before it ended, it 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 evolved to where the last song they all sing. Well, you know, Missy's family they can all sing. Oh yeah, and they were singing the uh, Elvis song. Uh, Love me uh, tender. I can't help falling in love with. Yeah, I was just kind of humming, but yeah. they, you know, between. <laughs> but I thought you got three generations here because Missy's mom. I mean, she she was a choir teacher for years and can sing like a bird oh, and you had good. missy because it just slowly morphed into this i felt like i was around a campfire you know, i was around the yeah. game it, it was one of the you were toasting your hands on the television and, and screen course, larry <laughs> has the perfect voice you know he's falling in love i mean it, and i was like well this is i was getting chills and ellis she dominated the game but Which it was is- like i'll look back i told missy later i was like we'll look back on that as one of the the greatest memories of such a crappy game, because let's face it, Vanderbilt's terrible. Yeah. But it was a bounce back, and uh, so I thought I'd share that. I mean, as far as family time, it was, it was so, awesome. Let's take a quick break. Well, you can say a lot about um, ancestry and, and finding DNA, but I, I, our family, 2020 is a year where ancestry DNA has changed our lives <laughs> forever. We found out we had a sister uh, that we didn't know we had, and if it wouldn't have been for finding DNA, we'd have never known. I mean, you'd have never known, Dad. We'd have never known we had a sister. 
she's moved here now. We we're, we have a life together, and so we've been super blessed uh, by this product, AncestryDNA.com. And so, uh, you know, you find out a lot of really cool stuff. You can get ethnic origins, historical details. I mean, one of the things Phyllis was concerned about is, you know, what about the health of your – you don't know who you're from. Like, you know, how do you know what, what you might get, what you might not get? So ancestry. Plus you have a, a transgression, a sin against God, and amazingly you may get a daughter out of it. That's exactly you see right. what I'm saying? You never know. And she's a blessing to us. Yep. So here's what you want to do if you want to start uh, checking out your family story. You go to Ancestry.com slash Phil. Ancestry.com slash Phil. You're going to get your Ancestry DNA kit, and you start your free trial. Ancestry.com slash Phil. So I had another football question since we're still here. So how do you explain the beatdown that we took last week and then Mississippi State plays Arkansas? Yeah. Who's who's been one of the worst teams for several years? Although they got a new coach and all that, but they got the air raid now. How does we'll, that? How did that happen? Because that's what here's, stumped me. Here's what I think: Did Arkansas beat them? They beat them twenty-one to fourteen. Yeah. I mean, like Mississippi State looked like I thought this team is the real deal. You know, thinking we were not as bad, I guess, as we I were. I just don't make it. It makes no sense. I think it's about three things. One, LSU lost so much. And expectations are high because it was one of the greatest right. teams. And so they laid an egg. But when you're the defending national champion, you have a target. Right. And I think they got up, and there were, there were circumstances there. You know, our, our best player on the we team, the our cornerback, which it then watered down. I mean, these people were throwing the ball all over the place, and they were just, you know, they, they, their adrenaline got to pumping. Well, then all of a sudden they thought, we beat – the national champions. Forget they didn't have 25 of their players and right. you know, their best player. And so then I think that's what happens in, in life, they didn't in get sports. You, you just become overconfident, yep. and you're thinking, Arkansas, do they still play football up here? Sorry if you live in Arkansas, but that's just the honest truth. My view of it, you look at guys like Nick Saban, the difference between Saban and all the rest of them, there's two or three more kind of in his league. But, but no matter the years come and the years go, yeah. he never goes down here. He's always up here. Yeah, he's 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 in, the, old, the, he's saying, in the mix. I don't know who with, said it with any team. I don't know who said it first, but he doesn't rebuild; he reloads. That's uh, that is <laughs> no, what I'm. You recruit the best to players. his credit. They didn't say what they want to, but he's pretty well got them lined out over right. in When you Alabama. recruit the best players every year, you're probably going to establish that. Now he does. I think what he does that other powerhouse teams don't do as well is they stay there longer. Yep. You know, it seems like now everybody just runs for the money, but for some reason he gets a bunch of them to stay. Of course, another thing that happened to LSU, <clears throat> they lost Brady, the offensive mind that that literally went from being an assistant to an assistant to being an NFL offensive coordinator. He skipped being an assistant coach. Yeah, he's like yeah. thirty years old. Maybe he's thirty years old. I mean, who does that? He, he literally he was uh, he was helping out with the Saints almost like pro bono. He is yeah. an assistant at LSU to the assistant, and now he's an offensive coordinator. But he's gone, and then you lost Aranda to Baylor, 
with the defense. So Pelini, but it's uh, a game we're, we're of a, many, many little quirks. That's exactly. We're right. a young team. <laughs> we're a young team. We'll be good. We we turned the corner, even though it was against Vanderbilt. You know, it breeds confidence. We got the athletes. And you know what? I mean, you saw the numbers. Miles Brennan has had the best two starts in the history of all quarterbacks, including Joe Burrow, in LSU history. So the thing about it was he looked bad that first week because and he's still trying to learn how to work yeah. the pocket. But I mean, you know, they're they're going to be good next year. Well, Burrow just had something that's hard to put down on paper. I mean, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the he world. He doesn't. Brennan's a but smart he just son. makes everybody better. He knows where everybody's at. It just you know some guys are just born to throw. If you football. can take a step and just throw the ball fifty yards, I mean, you you can play in the pros. You can just take a step and just throw the ball on a line at fifty yards. You don't have to get sixty-five or seventy like yep. some of them can. You know, right. you know, Mahomes and them. You throw it eighty, but but if you can get fifty out of it, Drew Brees proved that. You know, Drew Brees is throwing the ball around. You know, but once it gets to about fifty, pretty good arc on it. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. all he has. Right. But that's still pretty good if right. you can put it on the money at 50 me? yards. Take a step and throw it 50 yards. Yeah. And you say, well, a lot of people do that. No, they really can't. <laughs> That's a That's excellent right. point because Burrow, I think, throws like Breeze. They don't throw real hard, no. but they're just so accurate. And well, right. they're the, the windows, I mean, of course, what he did last year that I've never seen it at the college level, I'm sure it's been done, but I don't remember seeing anybody throwing the NFL throws Week in and week out. I mean, he, he's doing back shoulder throws. That you can't defend them. And he's doing it at the college level. I mean, your guy's running around. By the way, he's got him covered. That's and very difficult to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just don't see it at college level. No. And he no. was doing it last year. But that was fun. Then on the way back, I stopped in at uh, Garrett Metal Detecting. Because, you know, we're still working on this, getting this show. The people have spoken. But, you know, when you start getting bogged down into that. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, they're on the way. They're just outside of Dallas. So I'm like, I toured their, their, I didn't realize it was so big. I was really impressed with the company. Cause I'm I mean, thinking, there's a lot of people metal detecting. It is. It's mainly in the world. Not as much in America because America's not that old. Right. But so, you know, if you have a worldwide company, you just think there's a lot of people metal detecting, especially across the globe. Yeah, they're looking for things the, that the are, gold rush continues. Yeah, that's something about it. Well, I told them, you know, when I they were like, "Why are you here?" I was looking like, for that pot of gold. I was like, "Look, I'm gonna be honest with you." I said, "Now I love Jesus because that's how I introduced myself." I said, "But of all the things that Jesus Himself could have could have linked to bringing joy, when He said, "Why He's He's the ultimate hunter." Because they're all like, you're a hunter. I said, yeah, but Jesus is the ultimate hunter because he's hunting us. <laughs> I was seeing where they stood with that right off the bat because I thought if we work out some kind of deal, yeah. I use your your weapons. <laughs> just want you to know, you know, I'm on a podcast. I'm unashamed about my faith. But I said, of all the things that he could have linked to joy on earth, I said, he told three stories there in Luke 15. You know, everybody's looking around because this is <laughs> the brain trust of the company. <laughs> Uh, I said, he chose one of the stories was a woman who had lost a coin. And when she found it, they threw a party. <laughs> I said, and then it didn't just stop there. There was rejoicing in heaven. They were grinning now. They were grinning. They thought, welcome aboard. 
so, they already working out their first ad campaign. You, you, you had I'm them right. We might can help each other. Y'all possess the equipment, but I, you know, our American made and look, they make the whole metal detector there. Yeah, I mean, I didn't realize that. I thought probably they're getting their pieces. Of That's it. a pretty oh, sophisticated device and, that uh, give you a beep for a piece of metal a foot under the ground. Well, so, I mean, I saw them build one, and I was like, this is the most incredible thing ever. Yeah. And, you know, they used to have tours and all, because now the coronavirus. I mean, when I pulled up, I mean, I told them I was coming, but I pulled up. I couldn't get in the place. So I'm like, <laughs> Lockdown. Lockdown, lockdown. I rang buzzers. And I was like, yep, here we go. Facial profiling again. Can't get in the doggone so there's door. There's some homeless guy out here. Somebody call security. You know, that's yeah. that that was rattling around. So anyway, that was it was a good it was a good trip, but I'm glad to be back. Yep. We're glad you're back. Let's take another break. So we talked about uh, Helix earlier, Jace, because we love their mattresses, but they also uh have a company, a new company called Allform. And they make uh, premium customized sofas and chairs, and they deliver it right to your door. And so uh, Lisa and I got one, and we love it. And I have to say, when it shows up, Lisa orders stuff all the time. So when the when our couch showed up, it was like in three or four boxes, and I was like, oh, you know, just dread it. Here we go. Because, yeah, I mean, I am not – I'm like – I come from you, Dad, so I don't have any mechanical – Get out the old drill. And oh, the- just trying to figure out. So I'm thinking, who am I going to hire to put this couch together? So she starts taking it out. She and I put that couch together in about 15 minutes. I was shocked. One is it was easy to do, and it has to be for me. And secondly, it was so well done, the way they put it all together. We love it. It's got a little – feigning couch on one end where you know that's what they used to call them where you kind of lay out on one end then you got the two chairs in the middle super comfortable um i definitely highly recommend it they have a you can try it for 100 days uh risk-free um they have a forever warranty they say forever days oh wow that's that's that that's the words they're using and they say they mean it. it's forever warranty couches so, in heaven there you go so to find your perfect sofa Check out Allform, A-L-L-F-O-R-M, allform.com slash unashamed. You get 20% off all orders just because you're one of our listeners. Allform.com slash unashamed. So we're uh, we are in John, the book of John. Um, we finished up 14, I Did think, we? last time we were together. Yeah, one of those times. It's hard to say now because, you know, Zach was here. Yeah, that's for true. some podcasts, so I missed some of the text, and now I'm preaching, John at at our where we meet at Whitesbury Road. So I'm kind of like there's a lot of stuff rattling yeah. around in my brain. I'm in John 13 on the preaching, but we're in John 15. Well, John 14 through 17, Zach was like, "I'm coming during that because he that's his favorite yeah, he three chapters, it. which I I'm not gonna blame him. I mean, it's just good stuff here. Oh, it is really good. So <clears throat> last time we talked about when we, when we got to this point in 14. What's happening in the just in the storyline is that Jesus is now kind of having this last opportunity, I think would be a good way to put it, to sort of tell his disciples what's about to happen. Because, you know, before mm-hmm. then, he's like doing parables and they're not getting it and it's back and forth. And, you know, they're, they're not able to figure it out any better than the other people listening. But when he gets to 14, you notice the tone changes. Because now he, we're in the last days here. It's, I mean, he's about to do what he came here to do. So when you get to chapter 15, he has another I am. In fact, I think, Chase, this is the last I am. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, if you looked at the list, if you made a list, uh, I made you, a list. yeah, I, I, you had jotted them down. Yeah. If you just think about this list, because a lot of people are joining our discussion, I'm sure hadn't heard the whole thing. Right. But and the reason we we came to John because Jesus made God the Creator known. Is right. that John one seventeen or eighteen, based on your translation? I mean, he is the image of the invisible God. So he makes these claims. I'm wearing the shirt today. So I, I am. Because oh, yeah. it's my favorite quote of any human in the history of the world, and him being human as God in human form. He's just, I am. Either a raving <laughs> lunatic <laughs> or he was who he said he was. That's right. Because nobody else would claim, make claims like this. Not hardly. So you think about his, if you put all his claims together, just think about what picture it gives you. So he said, I am the bread of life. So you, so you got this idea of we have to eat to sustain life. But he's like, I am the bread of life. So this is, if you want sustenance, if you want to survive, feed on me, which John 6. Then he said, I am the light of the world. Well, just think about that. So not only are you what we feed on, you're like the light switch of the planet, yeah. which is a crazy thing to say. Then he says, I am the gate. So you don't, you really appreciate, you're talking about a gate. You don't really appreciate a, a gate unless you're needing to get through it, or you're ne- you know you're needing a way inside, the- or to keep people out of you know either way. Exactly. I mean, it, it reminds me of the story Sai told, and he said he was talking to the, you know, in the in the army world, you know, they have these tiers of leadership, right? And he said one of the guys told him. Psy was underneath him, and then some more was underneath Psy, and there were some above this guy. Mm-hmm. But, but here he is. Because I, I asked him, I said, well, was he at least a general for making that comment? And and so I said, he was a master sergeant. <laughs> he said, but the comment he made, they were like, hey, doing pretty good. The guy just rolled in. He's taking over the department or whatever it is in the Army. And he told Psy, he said, you need to remember something there, soldier. He said, when it comes to who I am, he said, I am God. And, and so I said, let me tell you something, you puzzle-gutted evil. He said, look, he said, I'm not going to work for you. And he said, so I said, he almost threw him in the brig of it. So I said, you got some master sergeant down there claiming he's God. I said, what's happened to this today's army? I mean, they had a big brouhaha about the whole thing. So I said, boy, it burned me up when he said that. He said his belly was hanging over his belt, you know. He said, I am God. So I said, wait a just a minute. Of course, yeah, I, you know, held the old redneck line, you know. You may be a lot of things, so but you ain't God, that's for sure. <laughs> Is that the one where the inside didn't work for like six months yep. or whatever it was? He yep. told that story. Where were we at the other day? Oh, oh when we uh, we took... He uh, said, I got close to being thrown in the brig on that one. He said, but I, he said, some guy the, tell you that. The Marine hunting. He was oh, yeah. telling all those stories, and I was, Joey like, Jones. I was just <clears throat> shaking my head. You know, he told about carrying the, the, oh, yeah. the 2,000-pound tire or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys. One of them, they t- they stole a tire off the deuce and a half, oh, and he yeah, never right. went less than fifteen miles an hour. And he told all the details where he just he worked in the military. I think he said fourteen months. 
and he never it was a year did one thing. Well, he said fourteen months. Well, it comes down to this: if you if you find anyone, especially in flesh on the earth, and they come out with a statement like this, "I am God," basically, you're like, "Whoa!" Now you're going to have a once you make that statement, you're going to have to prove that. So his whole life, and you read about him, like. Whoa, here, yeah, wait a minute. Power mad dictator. Well, I was going through this list because each one, though, represents like a different way to describe his role. Because then he said, I am the good shepherd. So when you think about us being sheep and all the predators that are after us, yep. you need that shepherd. Oh, yeah. I mean, three wolves come. Got to have him. If you're a sheep, <clears throat> and he's giving you a picture every time. You need a, no, I'm the gate, I'm the way. To the other side, I can also protect you, and eat. Yep. You know, I'm the light switch of the world. Then he said, "I am the resurrection, with that and the life." But that that raised it up a notch, because now you are all these other things in life, but then you crossed over into, well, what if I, what if the wolves do get me and they kill me? I'm the resurrection. I can raise I mean, you up. So now. We, we've gone through something that's hard for me to wrap my, my brain around, that someone making these claims. Of course, then he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But you just think about people needing direction. And he's like, I'm the way. Where are we going? Doesn't matter. I, I'm the way. You think about all the lies and trying to find out who's telling the truth. Well, you have somebody you can trust. Then he says, basically, I, I am life. Basically, I mean, I'm immortal. You're not. And and I'm honest. You're and, not. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I am immortal. There's nothing that I can't do. Right. And I'm going to give you a demonstration. <laughs> I've been giving you one, but all the way to the end, I'm going to die. He said in all, all Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they're going to bury me just like you are. In three days, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be raised from the dead. Yeah. And, and, and think about it, Al. All them disciples all the way through. They had a hard time believing him. They had a hard time. After even seeing the miracles, they still were like, you're going to do what? Well, it came time for the death part. They hit the road. Yep. They said, get, get, we, we, we getting out of here. He's, well, that's what this they, they fixed to kill him. So yeah. something is not right. So they didn't stop and say, well, he told us he's going to die, but three days later, he'll be raised from the dead boys. We got to hang on to that. But they never well, no. saw that clearly. They that, couldn't hang on to that's it. That's what this chapter is about. And then the last one, which is where we're at now, which I think this one's a little different, which he says, I am the vine or, or the, you know, the tree. It, this is more about the connection. All these other things were like, you know, you're walking along a long fence and all of a sudden you see a gate, you know, I'm Jesus. Or you're in a pasture, you know, you feed and you need someone protecting you. Or you, you're hungry, you know, feed on Jesus. But this is more like staying connected. Apart from me, if you're not connected with me, you can do nothing. Right. I mean, it's an interesting, if you add up all the I am statements... It just gives you a picture that I think is fascinating. Yeah. Plus, and, you think about it, he, he keeps making these analogies. I got a bunch of them we'll, we'll cover in the next day or two, today, tomorrow. Uh, but he keeps saying, fruit, the fruit. I'm the vine that holds the fruit. You think about uh, like muscadines, you got a vine going up a tree, and you look up at it, and it's got little, it's got little, 
the fruit's coming off of the vine. Right. And and you shake that vine, you know, and the fruit will fall. He said, you got to bear good fruit. Whatever's hanging on that vine, it needs to be good. Well, like muscadine jelly, we've been eating it around here lately. You say you're participating in the fruit of the vine, and it's good. It's it's not like bitter. There's all kinds of vines out there. He said, I'm the true vine. Well, if you if you start telling people that you're like a vine growing on a tree, that kind of language, you're like, I'm a I'm I'm I am who I am. I'm the light of the world. I'm mistake free. I'm standing here can make you immortal if you want it. I mean, right. but you have to bear fruit. I'm the vine. You got to be tied to, or you won't bear good fruit. Right. It, it's and you. Uh, let's take a break. So one of the things that's happened uh, during the COVID run here for the last six months is that uh, cybercrime is up 75%, which is not shocking. More people are on the Internet, more ways of trying to find a way to steal from people. It's just it's never-ending. Um, what does the Bible say? Invent ways of doing evil? Yep. So one of the things that's going on is, is uh, basically stealing your home title, uh, hacking into your bank or mortgage company or whatever, putting their name on your home and then borrowing money against it. And then people show up and say, you know, you're now defunct on your house and you Ooh. never knew this happened. So it's kind of scary. Uh, it's happened to unfortunately a lot of folks. So we want you to, to go to home title and register, find out if you're a victim already. If you're not use the code radio and you get 30 days of free protection. That's, code radio at hometitlelock.com and protect your home. And you can't have fruit without the vine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, which was his point. I mean, and he produced fruit. It's like, uh, and, and look, they were so, so dead set on this. It's, it's actually scary the way they were talking. John the Baptist, uh, when he saw many of the Pharisees, and Sadducees coming to where he was baptized, and he said to him, "You brood of vipers, who warned you of the coming fruit, uh, coming wrath?" What's the next statement? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. He said, "You have to be good. Mm-hmm. You, you you can't be bad anymore. You 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 you're bad to the core of your being. And do not think you can say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father.'" He was talking about just the way they were living, and they were sinful to the core of their being. I tell you, thou these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the tree, and listen how blunt John the Baptist was talking. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. That's why throughout the book of John, Jesus keeps talking about fruit, fruit. Your fruit, by your fruit, they'll know you. You produce good fruit, good fruit, good fruit. I'm the vine that the fruit is tied to. Without me, bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bear good fruit, and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. So he hammered that over and over and over and over. Throughout the book of John, I wrote them all down. We'll get into that tomorrow. But you know, so the thing about it is, though, that's interesting because he says he's the true vine, but then he says my father is the gardener. Now that's interesting. So you, you he's got, he's doing the pruning, right? So so Jesus, what Jesus is saying is that you know Jesus is inside at this time. He's put himself inside time and space. 
before there was time and space, there was the Father, Son, and the Spirit, right? They were always there. Yep. They've always been there. He put himself in time and space during this era, and he's about to give his life, and then he's going to go back to where they are, but he's always going to go back different. So I, I, I like the distinction here and the idea that the Godhead is Father, Son, and Spirit, but but they all play different roles in their relationship to us. I mean, the Holy Spirit lives in us. That's you know? why the same apostle said, you know, here's how you tell the, who the children of God are and who the children of the devil is. Mm-hmm. Whoever does not do what is right and does not love his brother, he's not a child of God. Right. His fruit, his bad fruit, he's out. So it's pretty cut and dried when you get to looking at it. You say the least a human being can do say, okay, you're telling me if I come to Jesus and I'm told to repent and bear fruit, you're saying that's mandatory. Oh, your, your fruit tell, tell everybody who you are. You know but what I'm saying? All, but he's also introducing that you can't do it without the Holy Spirit, which is he gets to. No Jesus, no Spirit, 14, no fruit, 16, no right. good fruit. That's right. Well, which is the that's how you know whether the fruit is good or not. America, right? by the way, Al. America. That's what I say. Uh, they're in a dilemma now, and the two sides have formed, and they're not viewing it as we're viewing it. They're not looking at it like, you know, uh, bearing fruit unto God, bearing good fruit, loving God, loving your neighbor, patience, kindness, good. They're not looking at it like that at all. No. It's not even in the equation. No. And and we're going to talk about this on the next podcast, but they just only view things. that They use the word religion. That's the word that's in our culture. Yeah. But that's such a broad thing. What what you know? what I'm saying. I mean, religion means so many different things to different people. A lot of religion is bad. I always it go is. back to that passage about the evil one in Corinthians, where it says he masquerades as an angel of light, and his servants masquerade as as servants of righteousness. Right. Well, what's he talking about? He's talking about religion. Yep. It's not light. You always think of the evil one and his all his. You know, peeps are out there in some sin-filled place, but it actually does way more damage to be hypocritical and to try to represent having an appearance of God and to do the opposite. I'm glad there's a pruning instead of just an outright. Before Jesus showed up, uh, Al, it was basically not much pruning going on. It would just cut the whole thing down and burn it. <laughs> well, he says he cuts off every every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, which I always thought, you know, it's painful because anytime you're, you're cutting, it, it, there's some pain involved From in Genesis us growing. Genesis to Malachi, Al, Genesis through Malachi, all of it before Jesus showed up, the, the the true vine. That's a rough read if you just read it. You're like, boy, I'm gonna tell you what it was a just a conflagration of just death. Yep. I mean, just sinful. You know, drown them all, burn them all. I mean, it was brutal. Well, what was bad about that was that well, the, the the Israelites at least had like that remnant philosophy all the way through. Yep. You look at some of the other cultures that were around, and you talk about, oh. I mean, we talked about before, throwing babies in fires oh, and throwing it was them a, off it was a cliff. Blood bath. It, it was a bloodbath. I mean, it was a miserable place to live. But you look at today, we think, oh, well, now we're all civilized. But as we've been talking about, are we really? I mean, oh. it, it's just a more efficient 
a, a, a cleaner way to do to the same well, mass right. murder. It's the same thing, you know. I mean, I, I told you guys this the other uh, last last time we did the podcast. More black children were aborted in New York City last year than were born. I mean, Man. just think about that statement. Oh my goodness! I mean, it's just it's mm. it's brutal, and it's exactly what you're seeing here. That's the fruit idea. That's we're talking about cultural fruit. That's the same concept. If you get enough bad branches, then you're going to have bad fruit. That, you know? But I remember pre Jesus in my own life, I just didn't think in terms of bearing good fruit. I was so uh, selfish. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't think of bearing good fruit, forgiving others, and Loving your neighbor, I, I was devoid of that, right. not knowing. Oh, I was a child of the devil through and through, you know. Well, that's uh, let's take one last break. That's that. That's the the deal about the the blinding of the blinding of the mind of the unbelief. That's they're blind. I mean, that's what you were blind. I mean, well, I it's like Romans eight eight says: those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. I would have laughed, and I did. Somebody come along, saying, "You know, bear fruit unto God." I, I would have laughed. I said, "Yeah." I mean, I, I had no reference point, no Jesus, but no I, spirit I, I, either. I, I, I mean, the I, fruit no, yeah. of the spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit of God, which is a tough thing to explain, because when people start saying, "Well, how exactly does the Holy Spirit produce fruit?" You know, you have references, he groans and, and he counsels and all these things, but we're talking about a spirit. You know, I remember doing a sermon one time. I said, I believe in ghosts, at least one. Because, you know, in, in the older translations, it was the Holy Ghost. But everybody's like, oh, he's, he's going to tell ghost stories. Like, but no, I believe this ghost is real. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it produces fruit. Right. Now, how that works is. It's difficult to explain. Right. I mean, you think about people who are not, like Phil said, I mean, people who are apart from Jesus. How do you explain that? I mean, you know. And, it's and, tough. And, and I, the way I always try to explain it in teaching is that the Holy Spirit works, I think, just like our spirit works. I mean, you have a spirit. You can't, you can see the the results of it, but you can't see it. And even if you died and they did an autopsy, they can't find your spirit in there. Yeah, but it was there because that's what animated you. So it works. You see what I'm saying? Just I as think it's a, that's a very good way to explain. Just as you used you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity. That was me, and to everyone else really, and to ever increasing wickedness. So now, when you run upon the light of the world and you put your faith in him. So now offer them, the parts of your body, in slavery to righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slave to sin, I remember it, Lord, you were free from the control of righteousness, the the work of the Spirit. Uh, You're free from his controlling nature, wanting you to bear good fruit. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you're now ashamed of? Well, I got to thinking about it. I said, I mean, I I reaped no benefit. It was all negative from start to finish. Those things result in death. But now you've been set free from sin. We're back to the light of the world. And have become slaves to God. 
This is pretty serious language about how you view Jesus Christ and what he said, who he was and what he's done, what he's now doing and what he will do. The benefits and outreach leads to holiness. And the result, eternal life. Then he says, the wages of sin, you earned it, is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Mm. Immortality is riding on it. And all you have to do is believe and be good. I mean, <laughs> I look at it now, I'm thinking, how hard could it be? It's not that difficult. Right. Once you decide to say, you're the way, you're the truth, you're the lie, you're the resurrection, once you get that in your hand saying, man, well, I've, I think, got, I've got uh, immortality riding on something as simple as getting up doing good or continuing evil. Well, I think it's a little, I mean, I think it's Jesus was telling them it's a little deeper as far as understanding how this is all going to work. Because when he got to chapter 15 and verse 16, he, he makes an interesting statement. He says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. That was my and, point. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying the more I, you know, it's like when I first heard about Jesus, I was sitting there in my feeble mind thinking, well, I wonder if I were to do this. But at some point you realize the reference I made earlier that Jesus is hunting in pursuit of humans, yeah. which is what he proved later on when he was on the cross. Well, they're all like, Oh, because, you know, then he came back from the dead, which obviously it, he, when he said he was the resurrection, he proved that. But then what he did on the cross then made them realize he, he chose us. He came down here, showed us how God was and then died for us, you know, for our sins. They, they made that connection. You know, the ones that are driving great distances down here and giving their life to Jesus. One of the things I asked him, I said, why would you drive so far? to come all the way down to here to tell me you want to follow Jesus. And some of them, quite a few of them say, somehow I think I was just chosen to to, to be saved. I, I was reading about the gospel in one of your books or on the all y'all's podcast. Mm -hmm. I was hearing about Jesus and immortality. And I got, he said, I got to thinking, good night. What am I doing? Right. And they basically just had a, a, a their life, flashed before their face on what they'd done up to then. And they said, well, good grief. This, this thing is saying we can get out of here alive. Yeah. So they said, that's what I'm doing here. So, yeah. and they will come a long way. They, I've proven that. That's exactly right. I, and I, Jesus yeah. is choosing those who seek, you know what you keep saying that those who actively seek him, actively yep. seek him. And that's what he's looking for. I was just bringing that up. Cause I think a lot of people, when they hear you say like, do good, they then think, Oh, I can do this yeah, without. without Jesus. Yeah, I was just clarifying that at some point in there, he's supplying the motivation because his life, his death on a cross. He then gets to I'm supplying the spirit that's mm -hmm. gonna gonna help you. And at some point, you're gonna realize. And by the way, it's not really me just deciding this is what I'm gonna do. You're and like, even that, Jace. Remember the Holy Spirit's work. It's called the fruit, fruit of, the, of spirit. the spirit. That's right. Yeah. So that, that, that idea of the way you're going to be right. all the time, and it just... Well, what I've always said is, since it says that, and it's Ephesians 5 is where it's talking about, it, 
the fruit is, do, I mean, the, the Spirit is doing the work. I just need to get out of the Galatians way. Galatians 5. Uh, Galatians 5, I'm sorry. Right. Uh, I need to get out of the way. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, if I let the Spirit do what He will do if and don't get in the way of, mm-hmm. of that, then you're going to see great things. I mean, fruit's just going to flow easily out Think of your Think about life. it, Al. Yeah. It took you, well, I was talking to uh, the local redneck that works for us, I pulled up there a while ago, lining him out, and uh, he was telling me. He said, "My my my boy's back in jail." I said, "Back in jail? What's he what's what's he up there for?" Well, he wrote a uh, bunch of bad checks, and I don't know what all. You know, he 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 served time six months ago. Now he's going back in jail. And I said, "Red, remember when I told you that you need to." introduce that young man to Jesus and discipline those boys or, or it's going to end up like this. He said, I remember you telling me and all that. But he basically said he, 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 he couldn't do anything with it. I told him, I said, well, you know, Al, the one that preaches the gospel all the time down there, my, my son, he said, yeah. I said, it took a man with a crowbar <laughs> when he started placing that crowbar <laughs> on Al's back right. and trying to beat his head in, I said it took that kind of event for him to decide that he was on the wrong side of this thing. <laughs> I said, so I use you as an example, Al. You're right. I came to the conclusion that day that I would wind up dead or in jail, Yeah, which is the fruit you know, a crowbar taken to a man that, uh, that it, if you can a, survive it, not you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't uh, recommend it. But, but it's hard for people to get in that position. You know, I, I remember I was speaking at a prison somewhere, and I got up there and I said, "I got an idea." You know, everybody's, you know, I'm the guest speaker. I said, "Stop breaking the law." <laughs> Look, no response. Because the problem is, it's like, well, wait a minute, I, I, I didn't really, I'm here, it was a misunderstanding, <laughs> but I, I, was, I was doing it to be funny. But, but they what, didn't laugh. Nobody laughed. No. But just when you break it down to the simple truth, you get into a habit, and we're talking about being controlled by the sinful nature, it, it's, it's impossible. I just read that Romans 8, you're not going to be able to please God unless something radical changes of your view that's why jesus has all these moments i'm the bread i'm you're walking along oh here's a path it's got a name jesus on it or you're you know you're in a field there's i'm surrounded by predator oh there's a shepherd he was trying to get you to see you're you're gonna have to encounter me we're almost to the point to where if you bring up the word jesus you're almost to the point now where a large percentage of our fellow man in these United States, they're almost to this point. Right. If you say Jesus, they... they then they, they go, I, la, 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 la. That's no, what I used to do to Willie. You know? Right up in your face. Dan showed me something on the black box here. He showed it to me where a bunch of 25, 30-year-olds, college students, college age, they were protesting some Trump supporters and what they all did in unison they all started barking. They all were barking like dogs to drown out anything the Trump people were saying. And you take, it was about 50 of them, but you take 50 human beings and they're all mimicking dogs and they're jumping up and down. They were acting like they were barking and it was the most nerve-wracking sound. I thought, 
what would what would uh, uh, put forth 50, 60, 75 people barking like dogs because of another group on planet Earth that they hate, that the hatred was so... Yep. They were Georgia Bulldog fans. <laughs> we should have said that when Joey was on here. All right, we're out of time. We'll see y'all next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.